Hey friends, thanks for joining us on the Changed Movement podcast. For more resources, visit changedmovement.com or follow us on Instagram. Let's get started. Today we're joined by our good friend, Andrew Franklin, who is uh, also another featured face in the original Changed book. Um, So welcome. We thought it'd be great if you could start by just sharing five or 10 minutes of your story so that everyone can get to know you. Yeah, I would love to, hey everybody. And I know that your, your, your pastoral role is continuing, but you've got a change coming. So let everybody know kind of personally where, yeah. what you do and where you're headed. Yeah, I right now live in Norman, Oklahoma uh, uh, with my wife and our three kids and we have one on the way. And right now, I'm a pastor at a church here called Antioch Community Church. It's part of a movement of churches, uh, Antioch Movement. And uh, my family's moving at the end of June uh, to join the Antioch Church in Seattle, Washington. So we are in the middle of a huge transition uh, in the midst of coronavirus. But we're doing it, and we're laughing at the challenges that come with that. But... um, Yeah, I'd love to share my story. Uh, I grew up in Oklahoma in the Bible Belt and uh, grew up in in the church in a good church environment where the truth was put in front of us all the time growing up. And I so value that. I'm so grateful for that. Uh, But for me, at least, even though the truth was put in front of me all the time, uh, as I grew up, what that kind of meant for me was I had I could answer any Bible question or I knew all the Bible trivia in my mind. Uh, but as I got into junior high, especially in high school, and I started realizing uh, same-sex attraction as my reality, uh, I didn't have the tools that I needed or the revelation I guess I needed to take all the information I was getting and and let it work into the real world struggle that I was having. And I was really afraid, I remember, that if I were to share what I was struggling with, uh, with my friends in youth group or, uh, or even my family, that I'd be judged, that I'd be ostracized, that I would lose the friends that I had. And uh, so, so I got really good in my teenage years of being really successful on the outside, the, the youth group leader, the most likely to succeed type. And then on the inside, I was just becoming increasingly trapped uh, by sexual fantasy, uh, by masturbation and, and just sexual compromise, you know? And so uh, that went on until I got accepted to the University of Oklahoma and I was a music theater major here. And it was the first time in my life when I got into the music theater world that uh, people weren't, you know, kind of living the Bible Belt world. People were doing what they wanted to do and celebrating going after what they wanted and going after love uh, in the way that that felt good. And that seemed so much more appealing to me than my divided life of secrecy and, uh, and just rules and regulations that I was never adding up to. So I pretty quickly just dove headfirst into that partying scene, the gay scene, came out of the closet, came out to my family. And uh, for the next five years, I just began to increasingly uh, act out and just get, go from one broken relationship to the next, always kind of thinking that the next relationship would secure what just seemed like it wasn't complete in me. 
for for some years, I just kind of gradually walked away from the church. There wasn't anything. I didn't really make a decision about that. I just was, you know, I was doing my party life. Uh, but my senior year in college, my dad committed suicide. And that was a real line in the sand moment for me because my dad had been like an elder in our church. He so epitomized Christianity to me. And so I basically, in that, in that time, I just decided inside, God's not real. Christians are crazy. God, you obviously didn't come through for me. And when I was crying out for you to change and take away my struggle, you didn't come through for my dad. And so I, I just be, became really bitter toward God and just spiraled into drug and alcohol and sexual addiction. And so in the midst of this, I moved to New York City um, and, and everything that I wanted was at my fingertips there. It was a terrible environment for me at the time. Uh, and so what eventually happened is I had to reach a series of rock bottoms uh, where eventually I woke up one day, um, I had been blacked out partying the night before. Uh, and when I found out what had happened, uh, I found out that I disrespected my friends in some really egregious ways. And I found out the worst of it was that I had tried to coerce a guy at this party to have sex with me. And that was the moment where I finally came face to face with who I was when I made my own rules and I took my desire for love and affection into my own hands. And it terrified me. I realized I, I wouldn't want to be friends with me. And none of my friends at that point had anything to give me. They, you know, people told me not to drink so much, but I didn't know how to do that either. So it, what I ended up doing is I pulled out this box that was under my bed in my apartment there in Hell's Kitchen. And, and my mom had sent me that box uh, and it was full of uh, like my Bible from growing up and some Christian books. And I pulled it out and I thought, I think I know everything about the Bible. I, did, I grew up in the church, you know, that whole thing. But it was the first time that I opened up God's word, not uh, to gain information, but out of desperation because I needed uh, someone to change something inside of me. And as I read about the life of Jesus, I, 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 it wasn't an intellectual response. It was an emotional. I would just weep as I saw Jesus interact with the woman at the well who was in all these bad relationships. Uh, I, when, you know, the woman caught in adultery, all of a sudden I saw like, I am those people. I am the one who needs Jesus uh, to set me free and to forgive me. So a couple days after just beginning to dig into, into the Bible, I came to a point where I just hit the ground on my little tiny apartment. Uh, it was really a walk-in closet, truly. <laughs> it's not a bedroom, but uh, I, I hit the ground and the only thing that was in my heart to give to God was just to say, okay, I'm done. I'm done living my life my way. And I, I didn't know what else that would mean for me, but I just said, okay, God, I'm yours, whatever it means. And immediately I felt the presence of God wash over me. I'd never felt his presence that way before. And the first time in my life, I heard him speak to me and just really clearly, I just heard in my spirit, Andrew, I'm not mad at you. And he took all the shame that I had internalized for so many years. And then obviously that was epitomized by this like terrible revelation of, of the way I'd hurt others. And he just wiped the shame away. And he showed me, uh, he took me right then throughout some moments in my life where I had decided that God wasn't there for me. And he showed me that he had been keeping me alive when I was so bent on destroying myself. 
he had been protecting me and preserving me. So I knew something had shifted, but I didn't know what it was supposed to mean for me as a gay man. I remember my friends, you know, when I would tell them I had this experience of Jesus, I don't, you know, and they'd say, well, but you're gay. <laughs> you know, what is that? How do you like reconcile that? Like, I don't know. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean for me, but um, I, th this is kind of another long story, but I'll, I'll condense it and just say, I moved back to Oklahoma. This is amazing. <laughs> I, I moved back to Oklahoma and God, uh, fresh off the plane from Oklahoma, literally on the way back to my parents' house, my mom's house, uh, the person giving me a ride stopped by this family friend. And it was the one person in my life uh, when I was in college who had confronted me in love and said, I've struggled with homosexuality too. And I think that you can be free. I think God has better for you. Uh, this person gave me a ride, just dropped me off at their house. And I remember going into their living room and this guy looking me in the eye. He said, we need to talk. And I said, we need to talk. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, that began a process that, uh, you know, was really intense for a couple of years. Uh, and, and in some ways has continued to this day, the process of Jesus redefining who my father really was, who God the father was, dismantling lies that I believed about him that kept me from being able to go to him with my struggles and talk to him about the state of my heart. Uh, God began to show me who I was in his eyes, not through the world's eyes, not through the labels I put on myself, but kind of ripping off all of that until he began to unveil his created intention for me. Um, uh, God began to show me the, the, the judgments I had up with men and women and the ways that I, he began to teach me how to have healthy relationships, which I just didn't have language for. And like I said, that was some years of, of really trying to, to get my, my footing. Um, and but they were, the, I look back, I mean, that now is 15 years ago and some of the sweetest years of my life uh, because I really got to where I could look in the mirror and believe what God said about me. And I began to learn how to have relationships where I wasn't keeping secrets and I was, and I was living my life for the good of other people and not just for what I would get in return. Um, so for several years, that, that, it was like that. I was, I was struggling a lot, but I was learning how to talk to other people in my struggle, which I think was more important for me than just God taking away my struggle, was God saying, in your struggle, you can be connected to others. You can be connected to me in the midst of your struggle, and I'm not going to judge you or cast you out. I'm going to take you in and strengthen you. Um, so for several years, I thought I'm never going to get married. I didn't want to fake anything. It wasn't like, you know, God flipped a switch and all of a sudden I like wanted to be with a woman. It was more over the years. And as I began to get sobriety and as I began to get healthy relationships, mostly with guys and learn how to just have friendships with guys that were different than me that might not have my same struggles. It gave me a sense of, of security in, in who God had made me to be. And I just gradually began to see the women around me and say, wow, these, these women are actually awesome and, and beautiful in their way. And, uh, and so I, I started going to this uh, Antioch church that I'm now on staff at, right after the church planted, I started attending. And in the first life group that I was at, I met this, this girl, she really was a girl at the time, <laughs> she, uh, named Jordan. And and she was working out her own uh, past with sexual sin and some broken relationships. But 
we were doing it in community and I saw her living her life in the light and going after Jesus uh, with her, you know, trying to figure out what love really is and how Jesus's love could meet her. And uh, so over, over the course of the next year or two, we became friends. And then I was like, I really, I want to get to know you more. And, and we started dating uh, and, and ended up getting married seven years ago now, which isn't a, a mark to say, oh, I arrived seven years ago or that, you know, it, but, it, but it was just one of those. I remember on our wedding day, just standing there and I couldn't stop laughing. I look back at my wedding pictures and it's like, I look like I'm drunk. Who is that crazy person? <laughs> because I was overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord and just this thought of like, who to funk it? Like we are two of the most <laughs> broken people uh, that God did a work where we could stand on our wedding day with no shame towards one another and feel the joy of the Father as he was bringing us together. Wow. And it's been such a healing, a healing relationship in my life. Um, and just, you know, every day I really do most days have a moment where I'm just overwhelmed that I get God has trusted me with kids that are amazing and difficult and mm -hmm. awesome, you know, and, and, a, and a ministry to be able to walk with others. I have such a passion and a love to walk with people in the weeds of, of what redemption actually is and what sanctification actually is, you know, it's not pretty and linear and, uh, and easy, but it is the narrow road that leads to life and a life above and beyond whatever would be possible without Jesus. Um, so that's, that's probably more than five or ten minutes. I don't know, but, um, Perfect. so good. I could listen to you talk about your story for, for ages. It's, you're so articulate in the way you share and easy to, you know, just easy to follow and full of life. I just love that. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. You just recently, you're just getting a book published. Is the book really autobiographical or is it anything else? It's a little bit of both. Yeah. I, I, uh, the book I wrote is called Created for Love. It's going to be published here in the next um, two months. Um, and it incorporates my story along with uh, just some, some lessons learned from uh, Jordan and I's ministry here at Antioch and what we see so it kind of combines both what God has done in our own lives and what we've seen God do in so many lives that he's allowed us to, to be part of uh, other people's stories and just see what he's, he's doing. So we really wanted to make a, a foundation for people in the church to get a revelation of what our bodies and our genders actually mean, uh, primarily from his word, from, from the word of God and from the spirit of God. And then from there to take a deeper understanding of why all of us, truly, I think all of us humans have, have struggles and we, we need to understand why we struggle in the ways that we do and how the, the presence of God and the, and the body of Christ through the church becomes the answer for our deepest struggles, how he walks us into uh, the love that Jesus said, you know, He'd, they would know we're Christians by the way that we love. And so really trying to tap into what is the way that Jesus loves and how do we live that out versus um, a, a worldly broken way of loving. So, so the book tries to take our story along with some of those values and truths and, and, and make a framework for how we walk out uh, our bodily humanity, you know, our sexuality, our genders, and really bring the truth of heaven down into the earth of our, of our human uh, condition and experience. Oh, so good. So amazing. How has your experience with walking with God and in, in your 
sexuality and coming out of that world and into a totally different one how how does that help you in a time like this where it's like you know we're in quarantine mode there are conflicting reports as to what the future looks like and timing yeah. and you know how big is the threat all that like how does how does that help you navigate a season like this where even where we're all kind of somewhat isolated you know um totally totally yeah it does it is interesting to think back on some of my my first years with the lord and how so many of those same struggles are present for myself and so many now just feeling lonely mm -hmm. uh feeling uh like where is my life going you know we're my family's making this huge uh, transition to another city in the midst of, of a global pandemic and economic <laughs> crisis, you know, but, and, and I, so one thing I'd say, I think something I learned in my early years that I go back to a lot now and, and I find, you know, just by, by virtue of my position here at the church, I'm, I'm talking with a lot of people and seeing how common it is that everyone's feeling loneliness, everyone's feeling uncertainty and anxiety and in those, in my first years with Jesus, I really had to make a shift where I used to so judge myself for my struggles. I used to think if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling afraid, what's wrong with me? I don't have enough faith, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I think as I mature, it's not like I never feel afraid or I never feel stressed out or anxious about things. It's more that when I do, I know that, that God is going to have an answer for me. And I know that it's not uh, that something's inherently wrong with me. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, those emotions are a part of the fall, you know? So it's like, you know, it's not God's yeah. intention for me to be anxious. But at the same time, uh, I, I don't lose as much time and sweat as I used to going, you know, I'm so messed up. That just, that just proves that God's never going to be able to do his work in me it's like no okay god i'm weak and i'm human and you have always come through for me so what is your provision for me what is the supernatural answer uh, that helps me walk in victory in the face of huge challenges you know and i have these young kids around me that have these i get examples every day of huge challenges that are all part of good development you know um the 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 struggle of my kid learning to walk or the struggle of my kid learning to read. It's like just, just seeing more how the things that are hard for us, I'm, I'm seeing more and more learning how to see that those things are a sign of God growing me into a new realm of authority rather than I'm going backwards, you know? Yeah. So good. Amazing. Now you do a lot with living waters. And yeah. in, your, in, in your new church, you're going to be establishing a new Living Waters group. How did you get connected to Living Waters? Yeah, um, the first, like I, uh, you know, in my story, when I said I, I saw that the guy who had told me that God had better for me, he immediately, his name was Brent, and he immediately put me in touch uh, with a ministry in Oklahoma City, great ministry for Stone Ministries, and they offered uh, a Living Waters group. And so really early on, um, I got into uh, the support group environment. If anyone, if you don't know what Living Waters is, it's just a support group environment where you learn some basics about sexuality and about God's intentions. And you're put into a group of, I was with five other guys and I was asked every week, which I hated at first, 
to open up what what's really going on where do you need prayer where are you struggling and i did not want to do that for a long time uh, because i was so afraid of being known honestly i was so afraid of being rejected if i was known um, but what happens and why, why i've continued to be connected with living waters ever since and put on groups i love it just because it the the rules of the group make it safe to come into the light and and then to receive what I experienced whenever I would confess or say, here's my struggle, I would receive prayer, not advice, not, you know, a Bible verse that was supposed to fix me, but like, Holy Spirit, come. And some other people around me saying, we're believing for Holy Spirit to answer the cry of your heart and to remove your shame and, and give you mercy. So, um, so yeah, that's I, I I love I love the group for that reason, and and again, just have always since I stepped into ministry myself, always thought to to make sure that wherever I'm at, whether it's a parachurch ministry or a church environment, that there are spaces for people to become known, and for Holy Spirit to just have have His way to show His presence in the midst of other people. So it's not just either I'm close to God or I'm trying to have a friendship with someone else. It's no, my, the friendships that I'm developing are pointing me uh, to the provision of, of Holy Spirit in my life. So good. The, I think the, for me, the, the being known thing has been so huge. I think people with this struggle probably are struggling with that, even if they're not aware of it. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I felt like I have, for example, I felt like I had friends and, you know, I didn't feel like, no, I didn't feel like I didn't have any friends. And yet once I really started off on my journey and went through living waters pretty early in my journey, yet within the first year and realized, oh my gosh, I've never opened up to anybody like, like this and how much more known I felt as a result, it was pretty transformational. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think it's true? Like, so there's, it's such a, it's such a lie from the enemy that we're, whatever someone's struggle is, that there, theirs is so much worse than someone else's or that no one else is going through similar things. You know, I've had so many conversations the last two months with this, with this quarantine and isolation. Uh, guys who, I mean, same sex attraction is not a deal for them at all, but they're going, you know, God is working on my heart and I'm freaked out. I don't know what to do about, you know, and yeah. I've started just taking people that reach out to me say, Hey, Hey, can you just reach out to him? Hey, can you, you know, like you're all going through the same thing. Uh, let's just, you know, tear down that wall of like, it's just me and no one else could understand. It's like mm-hmm. really, you know, what does it say about Jesus? Um, he suffered in all ways. He was tempted right. in all ways as we were yet without sin. So, why do we believe that other believers who have the image of Jesus aren't tempted in the same ways that we are? You know, we're all tempted in the same ways at the end of the day. You know, it just might look a little bit, the details look different. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. I think there's also, you know, a confessional element to our journey that is, that has virtue, like allowing ourselves to be, to, to voice, to just put voice to, the problem or the belief or the, you know, the sincere fear. Um, I don't know. There's so much, God has given so much wisdom in just the need for confession 
um, yes. being known is such a big deal. Um, yeah. Right. Well, is there anything, you know, we probably should draw this to a close. Is there anything that uh, you feel burning to share or would you mind, you know, closing us in prayer before we leave? Yeah, I'd love to close us in prayer. And I, uh, you know, one thing that was really on my heart, I just, I, I felt like there was a spirit of encouragement about uh, this time today and just what God is doing. You know, I was thinking about uh, how much uh, Jesus talks about and, and the word of God talks about sowing and reaping and, and, you know, sowing seeds, a seed is underground. It's not visible. And I think this is such a time for all of us in the world where we're isolated, we're alone. There's, there's a lot that God is working on that's not necessarily visible. You know, we're kind of um, in a time of more isolation. And, uh, but just the encouragement of how these times that might feel hidden, that might feel difficult, or like the things that we're praying, we're not seeing the answers to right now, like sowing always leads to reaping, to, to the seed that was planted being visible and bearing fruit. And so, um, maybe if nothing else, just to put it out there for all of us, that the things that we're sowing into prayer right now, or that we're crying out to God for, like, he is going to bring fruit to this time. He is going to, uh, to bring, uh, transformation we might not see all the results instantly uh but but he is working something that's gonna you know affect not just us but generations after us uh if we will sow into the spirit and really be faithful to what he's saying in this time so maybe so i'll just good. pray that out over us yeah that's um, awesome i love that yeah god i i thank you that you are uh true to your promises and you have promised that if we will sow into the spirit and if we will seek you, that we will find you and we will see your righteousness uh, become uh, our, our truth and our righteousness. And so God, I ask that you'd give us all endurance uh, to persevere and to press on, to, to take risks right now, even in relationship, whether it's reaching out to a friend or just pressing in uh, in worship or prayer when we'd rather do something else, God, Give us a grace uh, to choose the better things, uh, to choose uh, authentic connection with you, to choose authentic connection uh, with brothers and sisters in Christ, that we could look more like you uh, on the back end of this time, that we could shine with your joy and your glory. God, I thank you for the good work you're doing in each of us and that you will be faithful to complete it until the day uh, that we see you face to face and we know uh, an intimacy like we've never known before. I thank you that you are, are doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so, so good, much. Andrew. Your, your, thank your you guys so much for having me. I love what you're doing. I just so honor uh, what a way you're making for so many other people. We look right back at you. Out here on the West Coast when you get here. Yeah. All right. Thanks, I, I man. Get you up to Seattle. <laughs> oh, I'm all I in. I would love that. I'm all in. <laughs> awesome. All Bless right. you. All right, guys. Thanks so much. All right. See you later. See you later. Bye, guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We're glad you joined us. For more content, visit changemovement.com and follow us on social media. And remember, Changed is possible.